Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are live, weekly winners on Underdog Fantasy. We've been trying to schedule this draft for a while, and life has been getting in the way. But today, we're going to dive into some strategies and build a really fun weekly winners team. In this new format on Underdog Fantasy, $20,000 up top every single week, 1 through 17 of the season. A full season sweat. Let's do it. All right, first of all, apologies to everyone for the delay. Apologies for a couple of reschedulements. As you can see, I am not in my office. I am upstairs in my house. My office is out of commission for <laughs> the time being. And uh been having a couple other technical issues. It's been a whole lot of fun and a couple dog issues. You'll probably see one of my dogs running around in the background. But we're here to draft a weekly winner's best ball team. Really quickly, before we dive in, if you're new to this weekly winner's format, yes, I'm rocking the, we're rocking a little Johnny football uh, today. Very old shirt in case you, in case you can't tell. Let's talk really, really quickly before we hop into the draft about weekly winners, how maybe we want to go about it. First, I've posted our first free strategy article up on spikeweek.com. I will link it in the description. It's pretty in-depth. It's pretty long, but I think that it's important for this format, weekly winners. A, the fact that it is so new. It's a completely new form of fantasy football. It's a completely new form of best ball that we've never seen before. We've never drafted teams into a tournament like this. If you're new, even if you're not new, a quick refresher on what this weekly winners even is. You draft a team, which we're going to do here in just a second. From that point on, you compete against every other team that's in the entire tournament, 260,000 teams or whatever it is. But... You don't compete against them over the course of the entire season. Your goal is not to score the most points from week one to week 17. Your goal is not to advance out of your league and make it to the playoffs. Your goal is not any of the things that we've come to know and love about best ball. Your goal is to score as high as you can in a week or multiple weeks over the course of the regular season, right? So there are prizes awarded in week one, 
week two, week three, week four, et cetera, from week one to week 17. The top prize every single week, meaning the team that scores the most points in week one, wins $20,000 with a, a uh, you know payout all the way down to a certain percentage of the teams in the entire tournament. So you pay 15 bucks, which is what we're going to do here, and draft the team. You compete every single week to try to take your shot at that $20,000 top prize with some other prizes beneath it. Clearly, that means something very, very different relative to <laughs> relative to our standard best ball draft strategies and the way we go about playing best ball. Um, I'm sitting here, and you'll you'll laugh, but you can get up behind it. My dog is apparently not feeling very well here next to me. So if you see chaos happening, him getting sick or something, you're getting the you're getting the warning. It's not Rob getting sick from eating hot dogs this time. Hello, Fantasy Football Garage. Really quickly, I wrote a ton in that article, which will be in the description, that you should go and read about some different ways that we can go about attacking this weekly winners format but also the biggest key to me and there's been tons of chatter in the discord also linked in the description the spike week discord 100 free about just some general draft strategies and the one thing that i want to point out before we hop in is that your goal should not be to draft a team that probably can win every single week right you're you're real if you if you if you draft 150 teams into this tournament and you finish really really highly with one team in one week that is all you need to have a great season right the majority of your wins in all forms of of dfs best ball whatever but certainly in these types of tournaments all of your your profits are going to come from like one team and in this tournament in one week, right? So you have a big score. You finish first out of 260,000 teams or second or whatever, third in week seven. You could do nothing the rest of the year and you just had a successful season. So knowing that, knowing that we need to be targeting at a monster score just once, twice the whole season, that should... Going in, when we draft a team, we should know that we're not going to be trying to win, right? When I draft this team here in a second, I know going in that it's it, most weeks it's not going to do anything. It's not going to min cash. It's not going to have a chance at a big score. But I'm going to draft it with the going in assumption about something, right? Either I'm targeting week seven. In week seven, I'm going to build this team that you know has no one on by stacks up the games in week seven or i go in and say hmm i think anthony richardson and the colts are going to have tournament have a tournament winning you know have a tournament winning output at some point this season i really have no idea when right but anthony richardson is going to be the qb1 in a week and Jelani Woods is going to be the tight end one in a week. So I build with that going in assumption. With that going in assumption, I don't need another quarterback. You don't care about the bye week. You don't care. If you draft a team with multiple Colts on it, 
You try to, excuse me, try to cover them in their bye week. Who cares? You're not going to win anything in that week anyway. You've made the bet that Anthony Richardson is going to win me a week or a couple weeks. Now, knowing he's going to win me a few weeks over the course of the season, now what? Now I want to load up at the other positions, right? This is most easy to envision with, say, something like an elite tight end and an elite quarterback. I draft Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. I say a couple times this year, the Mahomes to Kelsey stack is going to be the thing you need, right? Travis Kelsey is going to be the highest scoring tight end, hopefully by a lot. Patrick Mahomes is going to be the highest scoring quarterback. So I don't care about quarterback and tight end the rest of my draft. I'm beefing up my running backs and wide receivers. Those are just a couple examples that you can use to build out your strategy for any particular team. And depending upon how your draft goes, you're going to build differently. But the whole goal is to capture a team that can hit that weekly ceiling just once. I just need it to happen once. But I want to have the team built around something that says, when this happens, now give me as many bullets as I can get, right? I drafted Anthony Richardson. Uh, Anthony Richardson to Michael Pittman is going to blow up a couple times this season. Now, how do I fit the players in around Anthony Richardson to Michael Pittman? Probably with some people that they play against, right? I can get all the Colts opponents onto my team. Maybe I, I stack up a bunch of players that are on their bye week, so I'm at full strength in all the other weeks. There's a ton of different things you can do, but that's the general premise. Let's go ahead and hop into a draft now. Let me pop in and then share my screen. And we're full. <laughs> I am definitely a little out of my element here. Uh, um... Yes, allow. Do, do, do. Of course, the screen share is being annoying. I should have done this before. We may not be we may not be uh, sharing the screen here. This is uh, we're gonna get this figured out. <laughs> uh, let's see what we can do here. Unbelievable. What a day. What a week. This may not go well. The uh, <laughs> So for background, I can tell you guys as the draft is getting going. So just got a shout out Omega King getting in here. Shout out Katie. Good morning. Long week. So I, I mentioned to the folks in the Discord, if you're not in the Discord, I can tell it to you guys right now. So first, plan to do this at the end of the week last week. Got a new work computer. Work for so Spike Week is our baby, right? But uh we work for 
uh, a bigger company, got a new work computer, have to uh, get a bunch of permissions and such in in with the new work computer. Um, we're just going to talk through this draft. You guys, we can all hang out and have some fun because I'll get to it in a second. I'm going to take... I am at the 110. You know, I haven't really taken Eckler in this tournament. But I'm I'm going to stick to my I'm going to stick to my guy here with Nick Chubb. But I'm very we're frustrated sickos this morning and this this week. So, get a new work computer. Need to be able to share my location, right? To be able to access sites like Underdog. Need a bunch of different permissions and such. And then we go on a holiday weekend where everybody is gone and I can't get the all the uh, access and such that I want. Now we're going to take Jonathan Taylor. We're loading up with a couple running backs here. But for background. So... Apparently, got my location stuff set up, got a bunch of different stuff set up, got to troubleshoot with a member of the tech team. And then uh, apparently, we don't have access to StreamYard requests to share your screen, right? Which is what I've been sitting here trying to do. And now we don't have access to share my screen. So you guys get to look at my ugly mug and listen to me ramble <laughs> without seeing the draft board. But we've committed to doing this. We're going we're gonna to see it through, which means I'm going to blabber on about my picks. The other thing, though, we were go- I was going to do this stream, right? The uh, Monday? Yeah, Monday. Our, uh, we have people that come and mow our lawn. And a hacker was giving me grief in the Discord that I'm not touching any grass because I have other people mow my lawn, which is technically true. The mower apparently hits a rock and shatters the window to my office. Shatters. Glass everywhere. Big old gaping hole in the side of my uh, office. (laughs) So the office is not usable. Then we're trying to get the person to come out and fix the window, right? But of course, again, it's 4th of July. Folks are off. Certainly can't get them to come out in the blink of an eye. And definitely can't get them to come out in the blink of an eye 4th of July weekend. And you're coordinating with my mowing company to do this. It's a shit show. Window's still not fixed. Hoping it gets fixed today. Then, trying to get everything set up up here to do this. To do this stream. Run into a couple more technical issues. And this dog who is now laying here right next to me. Right when we're getting ready to go live. Apparently, he's got a little tum-tum issues. And then I get on here with you guys. And I'm like, okay, we made it. We made it through all of this, 
all of these problems, all good. We're going to sit and we're going to draft a weekly winner's team. And I don't have the access to share, to allow my computer to have StreamYard share. <laughs> so you're getting the fun behind the scenes look at a total epic shit show. But I'll try my best to talk through um, this draft as much as I can. I mentioned I took Nick Chubb at the 110 and I took Jonathan Taylor at 15th overall. Now, I really should have prepped for this, but we're going to take Calvin Ridley at 34th overall. He plays show weeks. Nope, show play, show player schedule. Really wanted to do this cuz I wanted to show off all the insane updates that have happened to the draft hacker for weekly winners. It is killer. You can see the schedule weeks one through 17 for any player. You can see all the different game stacks that you've built out throughout the course of your, your team. You can see like absolutely anything and everything, but apparently the best ball gods are not interested in me uh, being able to show that. But obviously I know I drafted Jonathan Taylor, Calvin Ridley plays, against Jonathan Taylor. And I do. Now I'm going to take my man, Justin Fields. Justin Fields being probably one of my favorite quarterbacks in weekly winners where we know the elite quarterbacks honestly have a ton of, a ton of potential value. How this dog is licking me have a ton of potential value because the elite quarterbacks, the highest upside quarterbacks are the most likely to win, right, to be the QB1 overall, and Justin Fields did it twice just last season. Now he has DJ Moore, right, um, some upgraded weapons. Justin Fields, however, goes at a little bit of a discount from I, Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson. He goes at a little bit of a, of a discount. Actually, Joe Burrow frequently gets pushed up in these, and I like Joe Burrow fine too. He also has a, a pretty epic ceiling um the nice thing i took coming going back to the third round pick i took calvin ridley so we start nick chubb jonathan taylor calvin ridley justin fields clearly with justin fields in the fourth round we're hoping that dj moore comes back to us we'll see if that happens um gonna be tough but you never know weekly winners drafts can be a little bit all over the place which is good and bad but you'll get some, sometimes everybody's, they don't always stay in their lane. That is for sure. That is not always going to happen. But you will see a little bit more sometimes, I think, of people staying in their lane a bit because these like these stacks, correlations, and stuff like that are even more important maybe in this format. <laughs> we, are, we are definitely... Definitely not going to go into details on DJ Moore. Agreed. No more DJ Moore talk. Josty says, uh, when it rains, it pours. That is also a ironic um, reference that you're using there because it has been absolutely pouring and thunderstorming, gnarly storms for the last week here, basically. So we got a nice fun storm with a window blown out. Um, it's been awesome. It's been awesome. Uh, 
fried or freed. Do you like stacking backfields in the weekly winners format? I do not. I do not like stacking backfields in the weekly winners format. Um, I would, uh, I would say in like say best ball mania, you can stack a backfield at a certain cost. Now I would say drafting, um, Eli Mitchell, who is the direct handcuff to Christian McCaffrey, who was your first round pick is probably not ideal to me in say best ball, best ball mania. You're really handcuffing, right? You don't want Eli Mitchell wins for you when Christian McCaffrey does not play. So the only real way that that would work is if Christian McCaffrey like misses a handful of weeks later in the season, you still have a good team. Eli Mitchell carries you during those weeks and you you get a lower-owned Christian McCaffrey into the playoffs. One second, we are back on the clock. Excuse me. And this, I'm going... Hmm. Well, now I'm annoyed because Trevor Lawrence falls all the way back. But you're going to take J.K. Dobbins here. Uh, and we'll get more to my team and my specific strategy. But if you do have... Uh, Questions, comments. This is the perfect, this is the perfect stream to be uh, just dealing with some questions and comments. Obviously, as I try to talk through what's going on here in this draft, but in terms of the running backs in weekly winners, right? There's like this really thin path for something like Christian McCaffrey and Eli Mitchell in BBM, but I don't think I would do it. But if you wanted to say the Bears have three running backs, I'll take two of them and kind of make that bet that a you know they could kind of ping pong some weeks around sorry i'm double checking some schedules here yeah we're gonna take jsn i take jsn at 63 overall and then i'll answer these questions and run through my um run through my team in best ball mania if you wanted to say right these kind of cheaper Uncertain backfields. I have even dabbled in. I'm going to take James Cook and Damian Harris in the ninth and 10th rounds and just say, I'm soaking up those. If they both stay healthy, maybe I can ping pong some weeks. Um, I don't honestly love it still, but I think that in something like best ball mania where, you know, you, you don't really need like to hit the, the nuts in any particular instance, you need to be just good enough in every phase of the, the tournament that there's a, there's some nuance and there's some things you can do in this in weekly winners. I know that Damian Harris wins when James Cook is out. I specific especially know that Eli Mitchell is a stone cold smash when Christian McCaffrey is not there. So they are, and I, and I need my goal is to score the absolute most weekly points in any single any single week. And I know that I'm going to be taking that dead spot. I'm going to be giving away a pick, right, by taking the two players from the same backfield because they're just – not only do you need them to succeed, you need like the mega weeks, really, really high-end weeks. So when I know the week that James Cook is the mega, mega high-end week, Damian Harris is not helping me. And so if I know that James Cook is going to be the guy providing that mega week, we're throwing Damian Harris in the garbage, and we're saying, I want to rack up all these other options that could also have their big week at the same time as James Cook. Everything is about optimizing for this individual week high-end outcome. And so anything that's 
right? It, that's why I don't even really draft ev- like almost ever. I've dabbled in it with a late round guy here or there. Like I think I took a, a Kenny Pickett and Sam Howell team. And I think ultimately I think one QB is still the way to go, even when you're taking a later round guy. But I've dabbled in some of the other stuff. You know, we're figuring this out. I'm like 15 or 20 drafts in. We're all figuring this out still. It's so new, right? A week old or whatever. But with the running back thing, it is I don't want to be drafting really anything on any team where players are in direct competition with each other and only one of them can win in a in a given week. Um, it's most applicable at those onesie positions with quarterback and tight end, right? You have uh, I drafted Justin Fields on this team. Trevor Lawrence came back to me at the next pick and he was at a good value. I heard he had Calvin Ridley, you know, in BBM, it might make sense, even though it's a lot to spend on quarterbacks. You could tell yourself that story of why it makes sense. But in weekly winners, like Justin Fields is now my bet. I'm playing this team for when, if I spent that pick on Justin Fields, a fourth round pick, I want to optimize around that now. Because if I draft another quarterback, I'm saying, okay, Justin Fields failed, right? The only time out, the only reason I'll ever need another quarterback. One second, we're back on the clock. Ooh, this is nice. We got a few good wide receivers here. Quentin Johnson, George Pickens, and Jahan Dotson all on the board. Just trying to look at some schedules really quickly. I need to pull up the Bears. Um, We are going to take Jahan Dotson. And see if Pickens will come back to us or Bateman or I don't know. I got Dobbins. Um, do, do, do. Anyway, sorry. I distracted myself talking through this. But yeah, I think you get the point on the like the whole the whole thing. The whole point of this this tournament is as as much weekly upside as possible. So that can be player specific stuff. But structuring my team and putting players together so that they're not in competition with one another for that given week. Right. You can double stack quarterbacks and stuff. Of course you can like onslaught offenses. That's a totally different thing. But in terms of like handcuffing, your running back drafting two quarterbacks, drafting two two tight ends, particularly when you have an elite. Now, if you, you know, if you totally punt off tight end, that's of course, again, a different situation. Nice. George Pickens comes back to us and here we go. All right. Before I hit some of the other questions here, I want to run down how I started this team. Something I really like to do, which is funny because it's different from how I draft in in normal teams. I'm much more of a wide receiver early guy, and I still love my early wide receivers in this. Let's be clear about that. But there's a lot of upside in, in the really big extremes at the running back position. This is the case for all of best ball, but I think in this tournament in particular, it's even more fascinating to me where we know inherently, why do these handful of running backs go at the very top of drafts? Well, they're the best. They're the highest upside. They're the best football players and the best offenses, right? They have the highest ceilings by far in normal drafts in best ball mania, DraftKings Millie or whatever, things like zero running back can be really powerful because you might be able to limp your way through the first part of the season, maybe even hit on, on someone who is better uh, than they're priced to start the year. But generally speaking, the whole point is to kind of 
Frankenstein together, this running back room with the hopes that it gets better over the course of the season. And you have superstar wide receivers, maybe even superstar quarterbacks and tight ends on this team with cheap running backs who have now turned into like star running backs, right? A lot of backups, uncertain situations. Look, guys get hurt. We're not hoping for it, but it happens. So, you know, again, the, the James Cook goes down. Now I have 10th or 11th round Damian Harris, who's a, a not would not be valued at that now if we had known that James Cook was out, right? If um, uh, I'm trying to think. So Chris Carson goes down a couple of years ago, right? Rashad Penny is the highest scoring running back in fantasy for the fantasy playoffs. The highest scoring. He's the RB1 overall, and you got him in the 16th round or whatever, you know, super cheap price for Rashad Penny. That contingent value is valuable in the playoff format. It's also valuable in this, but on, there's two sides of the coin. I do enjoy taking a little bit more of a, I'm going to take my Jonathan Taylor, I'm going to take my Nick Chubb, and on this team I have J.K. Dobbins. And I'm going to say, we're riding with those three guys. I might take another one, you know, to, a fourth to be able to, because that, that guy's just playing for the flex. But I made my bet. I said Nick Chubb and J.T. are going to have weeks where they smash, right? Now Dobbins can fill that can fill that flex, whatever. But I'm going to have weeks where my superstar running backs are superstars, and they, you know, are the RB one, RB two, whatever. They're the highest scoring running backs on that given week because they're also 100% drafted. So, you know, whatever 260 thousand divided by 12 is, that many teams have Nick Chubb, have Jonathan Taylor. So I have to assume that they put up a huge score. I've also now made that bet that Justin Fields is going to put up a huge score, right? So now I'm going to use my volume, my quantity of picks around wide receivers and tight ends. I also feel like you can get a little fun at wide receiver and tight end draft. Some guys who go undrafted, pair up a bunch of later round guys, right? Skip that dead zone. We constantly talk all year about once you get the juju, right? And Zay Jones and Darnell Mooney and those guys. It's like, I don't really like any of those guys. So skip it. Who cares about ADP? I would rather have the unique combination of players. You're the only team that has uh, – um, let me look at the board here really quickly. All right, we're about to take Sky Moore as my next pick. I'm trying to pull up the Bears schedule so I don't screw it up. But we're taking Sky Moore at the 106 for my fifth wide receiver. So you'll definitely see me be quite heavy wide receiver here. Okay, so that answered this question and then and then some. And then some. This is definitely a good point from Charlie. Charlie says, uh, sorry, I'm trying to catch up on all these comments and everything. Feel like there's less lanes. When I was referencing, sometimes people will kind of stay in their own lane. I feel like there's less lanes because people are targeting different weeks, different divisional matchups or avoiding bye weeks, et cetera, and people are uh, reaching on on stacks more. That's that's definitely true. But in terms of the direct stack, right, it'll generally happen a little bit more like later in the draft. Like say you have all the wide receivers. You took Deontay and George Pickens. Well, the, the picket guy is just not really going to uh, – see that we've already reached this spot where wide receiver is terrible, but we're going to take Darnell Mooney to close out this. Make sure I get a little bit of field stack. But, right, so you get you take the, the Steelers guys or you take the Seahawks guys, 
you might be able to get Gino, Pickett, et cetera, to fall because there's really no incentive. There's no incentive really in the best ball mania and stuff, but it's a little bit different. There's no incentive for people to, um, you know, take that quarterback. So not necessarily staying in your lanes with like not taking DJ Moore when I have Justin Fields, but a little bit. Sometimes you will see it. Sometimes you will see it. Omega King says, have you thought about double elite quarterback in a situation like that for, for this tournament? Yes, but I kind of talked about it before. I do not want to be spending, I don't want to be spending really any draft capital, including the 18th round. I know that sounds crazy. You just say, oh, it's just an 18th round pick. We'll talk about that in a second. But I don't really want to be spending any draft draft capital. Nonetheless, two high-end picks on a spot where I know I can't use that guy. Right. If I took if I took Justin Fields in the fourth and I take Trevor Lawrence in the sixth or the seventh, I just gave away a top seven round pick knowing they're not going to count for me in, in my weeks. Sure. Oh, Justin Fields fails and Trevor Lawrence has a big week. Well, I would have rather just had Trevor Lawrence on on that team. I don't want because now I'm competing with a Trevor Lawrence smashes, right? Well, he's hundred percent drafted. There's thousands of other Trevor Lawrence teams. There's thousands of other probably Trevor Lawrence and Calvin Ridley stacks, right? So that stack hits. I have Justin Fields in the fourth round. Thousands of other teams have a running back there or a wide receiver there or a tight end there in the fourth round. And I'm competing against them with a late round pick. I I am a massive, massive underdog in that situation. And I want to be, I want to set my teams up so that when that one or two things break my way, Right. So I have these couple elite running backs. They have a big week and Justin Fields has a big week. I want to be one of the favorites to win this thing when just a couple of things or one thing break my way. Right. Like if you take Mahomes and Kelsey, there's going to be a lot of Mahomes Kelsey teams. So you better optimize around the Mahomes Kelsey big, huge weeks as opposed to you just don't want to be cutting off you know, your nose to spite your face with these other picks that are competing with your own picks in that given week. If that makes sense. Please no more Latavius Murray talk. Yeah, this is, uh, Matt says, I think the biggest thought experiment in this contest is how nutted you have to be, which is nutted is, I, I obviously understand what it means, but it's such a funny word to read out loud. How nutted. Do you have to be to to win a week? Uh, shout out to uh, a couple of our Spike Week guys behind the scenes. I've been able to uh, listen in while the messages are are flying. We got stuff coming on this. We got stuff coming on exactly how uh, how insane your team has to be in any given week to do it. Uh, one thing I will say is, uh, like I said, I don't want to give away all the gold. But um, do not be afraid to draft players, right? Reach reach on ADP, those different kinds of things. Draft undrafted players because the highest scoring teams are typically not going to just fall in line with ADP. And they're not even going to fall in line with just like all players that are drafted. You'll be stunned to see how different the highest scoring team in a week is relative to what the optimal lineup is in a week right literally the, the qb1 rb1 rb2 right etc uh, sometimes it's not possible because it's it's all the you know if all the highest scoring wide receivers are are drafted in the first three rounds you know here's another guy i'm going to take that people are going to hate but i like in this format uh which i'll get to in a second i know i keep saying i'm going to read my 
my team, but such is life. Um, you'll be really surprised to see the difference between what the optimal is versus the, and sometimes it's like there's multiple players who go in the 18th round or undrafted or the 17th round, like two or three of them, right? Or five guys in the fourth round go. So don't, don't be, you know, completely a slave to, to ADP. You do still want to, you know, you don't want to start at the 101 and take Russell Gage, but you do want to, you need upside, but you do want to be thinking about building different teams from everybody else because the uniqueness element is so important in this. All right. Made my two selections at the 11 and 12 turn, and I'm going to run down this team really quickly. Quarterback, Justin Fields. We're not drafting any more quarterbacks. We've bet on Justin Fields. We are going to optimize for the times when Justin Fields is the highest-scoring quarterback. We don't have DJ Moore. That's another hurdle that we'll get to, but we'll get there in a second. Took Nick Chubb and Jonathan Taylor and J.K. Dobbins. So I'm open to a fourth running back. I'm definitely open to a fourth running back, but I'm very weak at wide receiver. And I'm open to a fourth running back because I know I'm only taking one one Justin Fields. I'm not going to take a bunch of tight ends. Um, so I think you can be flexible. This is one thing. I just like anything in best ball, I don't want to have like crazy, crazy rigid rules, right? I'm only drafting – if I drafted those three early running backs, I'm only drafting three because – you do still want to be having guys that can compete for the flex. And we know that like these later round running backs can, can absolutely fill that, fill that void. It hasn't worked out for me. The board hasn't fallen to me for the running backs yet, which also kind of works out because I don't need them. Wide receiver to Calvin Ridley, who does play both Nick Chubb and Jonathan Taylor. He does not play against Justin Fields. So it's certainly not completely ideal. Um, at wide receiver, these guys are, this room is a pretty good example of the types of things I'm looking to target from a individual player perspective. Now, from a, a roster construction perspective, I kind of want to be loading up on teams that are playing against Justin Fields all season and the Bears and having these little inter, you know, these game stacks, right? Which again, in the draft hacker, which of course I can't show here right now, and I'm really triggered about not being able to show it. You can see all the different game stacks you have. You can see the correlations light up on your screen when uh, a player you know, correlates with another player on your team would set up a game stack. Or you can look at a full Justin Fields' full schedule on your screen within uh, the draft lobby. All those different kinds of things are within the draft hacker. It's unreal powerful for weekly winners. Anything you want to do to help you select the right players is available to you within the browser extension you can get also get access to that with the link in the description but really quick neighbor dogs barking getting my dog wound up to calvin ridley jackson smith and jigba jahan dotson george pickens sky Moore, darnell mooney of course stacks with justin fields and rushy rice hey um we're back on the clock gonna take another another one of my this dog gonna take another one of my my uh, wide receivers here, but those wide receivers you, you see, right? Calvin Ridley, really wide range of outcomes. Hasn't played in multiple years. Not that young. Could suck, but on a good offense, 
used to be awesome, went in the first round in fantasy drafts a couple of years ago, could be one of those guys that is a really high-end Jackson Smith Ajigba, first wide receiver in the NFL draft, big-time prospect, a little bit of uncertainty with the Seahawks, right? Is he only going to play the slot, blah, blah, blah. But monster ceiling, monster upside. Um, hold on, we're back on the clock, so I'm just making sure. Somebody really took Cole Komet. That is unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Uh, we're going to take Marvin Mims, and then we'll get back to going through this. So, Jackson Smith and Jigbo, right? Wide range of outcomes player. This isn't, I'm not trying to dunk on Keenan Allen because Keenan Allen could be, uh, could have big weeks on the Chargers, whatever. But in terms of the type of player in a vacuum, setting aside your roster construction and the correlations, the type of player I'm looking for, someone like JSN, like the best wide receiver prospect in this class, but his ADP is held down because we're just really not sure, you know, how things are going to shake out in Seattle. Well, if he's a star, he's a star, man. Like, if nothing else matters, the player is a superstar, right? Justin Jefferson, we were worried about his rookie season. Chris Olave, I was worried about, well, is he good enough? Is he going to demand enough targets? Blah, blah, blah. If they're a star, it doesn't matter. And I want that kind of high-end outcome for my guys. Jahan Dotson, right? Great rookie year. Washington could be getting better. Second year could really take a, take a big leap. George Pickens, second year. Steelers could be getting better. Pickett could be getting better. Sky Moore, second year on the Chiefs. Do I know how it's going to shake out? No, but I know if he breaks out, it's a it's big, right? Darnell Mooney is what he is. Probably not the type of breakout guy, but is kind of a spike week-ish player, right? If Justin Fields pops off and Darnell Mooney is kind of a down-the-field player, that's good. Big weekly scores from a cheap wide receiver price. We just, a rookie on the Chiefs, Rushy Rice, Another wide range. He could not play like Sky Moore did last year. He could be a starting outside wide receiver for the Chiefs. I have no idea, but I'm just adding that on. We add on Rashid Shahid and Marvin Mims. Two kind of different style players, but again, spike week-ish players. Uh, Marvin Mims plays against Justin Fields in week four. And the Saints are one of my favorite teams to target Shahid definitely being a big part of that. But my first tight end, I do have one tight end. So right now we're sitting at one quarterback, three running backs, nine wide receivers, and one tight end. Um, I will probably take another tight end on this team because we're going to get to the point later in drafts, uh, which we're already kind of there, where I think the tight ends um, just project a, a little bit better. But I'm also not closing my mind to only only taking one i think if i was building an optimal team it is absolutely only one quarterback and only one tight end the the cheaper you make that selection the more particularly on tight end it opens the door for taking multiple because they can technically play in the flex you're probably you probably don't want late round tight ends playing into the flex but it does they do project well relative to like the wide receivers and running backs that are available there. So I think it keeps that door open for, for multiple tight ends later, but I also don't really want to be taking like three or four. So, uh, but I, we, we drafted Dalton Kincaid at tight end. Dalton Kincaid is interestingly a guy who, you know, a lot of the, the draft community is out on at his cost. Um, and I think I'm starting to come around to the opposite end of that, but that's neither here, here nor there. What we do know about Dalton Kincaid is that he's a first round pick NFL tight end, a receiving, a good receiver, right? A, a receiving option. And 
the range is really wide. The assumption is that he's not going to be a full-time player. Dawson Knox is going to play in line. Kincaid's going to play in the slot. He, he can't pay off his cost, you know, because he's just not going to play enough. But, like, we don't know that. And if Kincaid is like a, you know, a, not an every snap player, but he's running uh, the majority of the routes for the Buffalo Bills, uh, yeah, that's the kind of guy I want in this as a later round tight end. If he fails, he fails. You know, if he it, he, it doesn't mean he can't have a spike week just because he's not playing every single um, snap. Oof. Okay. So here. All right. So we, we get to the end of the 15th. And this is where I like to do a little something, take a bunch of guys who go like in the last round or so. Um, we'll get to that. Coming back to the comments. Omega King, yes, definitely. Fun for thought. Nobody truly knows anything on this on this tournament. One second. Get my uh, players ready to rock and roll here, and I'll talk about those two picks that I just made. Um, do, do, do. Oh. Hayden says, let's say QB 21. Matthew Stafford is the QB one on the week. Wouldn't most teams with him have also wasted top eight round pick on a QB. Seems like most would be on a level playing field. This is exactly why I don't want to do it. This is exactly why I don't want to do it. If every other team takes Matthew Stafford with other quarterbacks, they have now done this. I can get a leg up on them, right? I took Justin Fields. If I attach Matthew Stafford to Justin Fields, and everyone else is doing that. I know not everyone else is doing that. People are doing late round quarterback, blah, blah, blah. But I want to optimize for the big weeks. The easiest thing to optimize, why one QB is such a good one. It's the easiest thing to optimize for. It's by far the easiest thing to optimize for. And our opponents are doing, say, what Hayden is doing here. So I, I know not only have I built a, a, you know an optimized version of what a Matthew Stafford QB1 team looks like, I know that it's giving me a huge leg up on everybody else, right? Maybe I have bringbacks from, you know, Matthew Stafford scores 40 fantasy points, which my God, if that happens in 2023, I don't know what I'll do. Matthew Stafford scores 40 fantasy points. What does that look like? Well, Cooper Cup probably smashed, right? Maybe maybe, maybe Higby, maybe 2-2, whatever. Cam Akers probably did not. And if they scored a bunch of points, their defense is going to stink somebody on the opposite side so right so i start optimizing around that and i have a 16 or whatever running backs and wide receivers while my opponents have 12 gives me a chance to find just the high it's going to be hard enough to find the highest scoring players around matthew stafford i need as many shots on goal as i can to find them and so if i use my fourth round pick on a quarterback well the highest scoring pick players usually come from the highest drafted picks I want to I want to optimize around that exact thing. Um one second. Do do do. All right. But I agree. Most teams will. I'm not saying it's a death sentence. There's going to be teams. This is the this is the the kind of funny. I guess funny is the right word. Part of it around. 
weekly winners is people are going to go back and they're going to analyze literally what what won. And it's like analyzing what won a DFS tournament when you can win with poorly constructed teams. You can win with suboptimal decision-making throughout the course of the draft. That's just results. It happens. High variance, you know, when a bunch of late-round picks all smash, which is also what happened two years ago in Best Ball Mania, right? When Penny and Amon Ra and... Devin Singletary and Tony Michelle and all these guys are Eli Mitchell are smashing in the fantasy playoffs. Uh, that's going to, you know, change the results, but it doesn't mean we change how we build the teams around them. Um, shit. I should have uh, paid. The Here's what we're going to do. Well, Dwayne McBride action as our very last, very last pick. Um, sorry, I want to run through some of these comments before I close out of the draft and run through. Run through. This is a, a good segue. Fried Freed says, favorite late round wide receivers to target in, in weekly winners. So I can read to you who I just drafted on this team. I think this is the format to get fun, to get funky, to target some guys, probably a little bit more so rookies, but it also doesn't have to be rookies and, and, and young guys. Um, I'll tell you who, who I took here. My last three uh, wide receiver picks, Tutu Atwell, Tyler Scott, and Charlie Jones, okay? Tutu Atwell, Rams. I talked a bunch about the Rams apparently on this. Um, besides Cooper Cup, we're competing with Van Jefferson and uh, Puka. Tutu Atwell, second-round pick. I understand he's uh, the size of my dog, but big-time playmaker in college, down-the-field threat. You want to talk about a potential spike week guy, right? We're going to double Cooper Cup. We're going to single Tutu on the outside. Stafford's healthy. We get a couple bombs to Tutu uh, in the last round. Tyler Scott, uh, another player I took on this team largely because I have Justin Fields and I don't have DJ Moore, but... Uh, do you run the fastest 40 at the combine? I think, uh, somebody can correct me. It was either the fastest or one of the, one of the fastest, uh, crazy fast. I thought he was a pretty darn good prospect and he's the fourth at best, probably wide receiver, most likely heading into the season, but we're also talking about, he's just got to be better than chase Claypool. <laughs> Uh, Justin Fields, one of the best downfield passers, may not be the absolute best passer in the NFL as of just yet, but he's a pretty darn good passer at Ohio State. I think we've forgotten about his passing ability because he had to run like crazy last year. Um, and Chase Claypool, seemingly now everywhere he goes, they don't seem to love him. I don't hate Chase Claypool either, but Tyler Scott doesn't really get drafted. Um, so we have this fourth round rookie, total burner, pretty good college profile that I can draft, you know, when he's 20% owned or something like that in this tournament, um, particularly with Justin Fields, right? A big Justin Fields week, you can easily envision how this burner has a big game. And I drafted Charlie Jones on this team, which uh, I'm sure people are like, who the hell is Charlie Jones rookie from Purdue on the Bengals? I like Charlie Jones, not because of really anything projectable, but the Bengals actually a smidge thin at wide receiver. They actually drafted two uh, rookies this year and we see kind of every year right t gets banged up tyler boyd gets banged up hopefully jamar chase doesn't get banged up but you never know the bengals wide receivers are all elite fantasy assets 
and looking for a contingent value type of a guy, right? If Jamar Chase goes down, yes, of course, T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd get a boost, but they're 100% drafted, and I can still draft them too. But Charlie Jones theoretically steps into the starting lineup as a as an outside wide receiver on the Cincinnati Bengals, and he's 3% owned in this whole thing. In the scenario in which Charlie Jones hits, I, I get to use, right, T. Higgins goes down for the year, blows out his knee. No one's hoping for that. Please, I Please don't let that happen. <laughs> but you can get a starting wide receiver on the Cincinnati Bengals at 3% owned for the entire term. Every single week, you get to use him as your last round pick and 3% owned week after week after week. It's like showing up to a DFS tournament and being able to get one of the best plays at low ownership every single week because you took him last week. It's a, is it likely to happen? No, but I would rather take my shots on those kinds of things happening versus I'm just going to take the guy at the top of the ADP or take the guy you know who projects the best. I'm looking for these kind of unique guys at the back that I can see this this upside case for. So those are just a few. I took them on, uh, took them on this team for fun. J Mike is the triple option, a hard stay away for this contest in your eyes. It is for me personally, but I don't think it's absurd. Um, I just think you don't want to spend that many resources at quarterback and tight end really in any structure. If you wanted to say I'm taking two late quarterbacks and two late tight ends, tight ends, and they're correlated, I think I think you could sell me on that probably, um, because you're going to have seven, say seven running backs and seven wide receivers, or you know, four running backs and ten wide receivers with your last four picks being quarterbacks and tight ends. I don't think that's I don't think that that's crazy, um, but three is probably a little bit too much for me. Um, this is also true for anyone that has been drafting GA says, depending on the room, I've seen Carr and quarterbacks below him go in the 17th or 18th round, or even someone like Stafford goes undrafted. I agree. Uh, <laughs> Pine for after dark. That's very funny. Russell Gage catching strays. Yeah, I, uh, I've drafted some Russell Gage, so I didn't, I don't know why I have no fucking idea why he popped into my head, but, uh, but, uh, he see this isn't see i think this is this is not true the white says the wide receiver 12 on your team is wasting your early picks i just think the narrative can be applied to other positions too not just quarterback definitely a difference between round two and round five and seven quarterbacks yeah like nothing is nothing is uh a cut and dry there's no necessarily right or wrong right but i I wouldn't say the wide receiver 12 on your team is wasting your early running wide receiver picks a you, you have you can fill four positions with that you can only fill one quarterback position quarterbacks uh if you're if you're starting nfl quarterback you're scoring a requisite number of points right and so um a wide receiver like i said can fill four spots on your roster if if the late round quarterback if i'd be drafting a fuck ton of quarterbacks if i could play them in in multiple different spots right if this was super flex or something um and you're definitely not wasting with your wide receiver 12 if you're doing it smartly right I, like People would say, is Charlie Jones actually drafting smartly with your wide receiver 12? Uh, no, you know, maybe not to you, but to me, it's getting like ownership and those kinds of things matter where I'm not just setting out to draft every single team that I think is going to be the highest scoring. There's nuance to this. I'm trying to be 260,000 other teams. All the quarterbacks are always drafted. You know, I know GA just mentioned that, but on average, right, you, you get no leverage with quarterbacks. The places where you can get leverage, Wide receivers, 
even tight ends, running backs, those kinds of things. And you, you need to build up to give yourself as many shots to win when something happens, right? So if I draft uh, three late quarterbacks, right? And I say, wide receiver 10, 11, and 12 are not going to hit my roster. Well, 100% of those wide receivers you took are on other teams. And 100% of the three quarterbacks that you took are on other teams. You've, you've technically said, okay, my early wide receivers are going to be the smash, and then I'm just going to uh, throw some darts at some late-round quarterbacks. Well, that's something that a lot of people do, and they're all on every other team. And they're probably all on teams because you're probably drafting them you know, at ADP, right? And you, you probably have them stacked. They're all things that your opponents all have. So w- all you did was build for my early round picks are hitting, which is fine, totally fine. I mean, I did that with my running backs here. But you, it's harder to navigate your way to the top because you, you have either the same amount of bullets to find the right running back, wide receiver, tight end, and flex as everyone, or less. You actually probably have less. Like if I build all one quarterback, one tight end teams, my chances of finding the right ones are lower than yours with three quarterbacks or three tight ends. But my chances of winning when they are the right ones are like infinitely better than yours. And I'm trying to not average more points over the course of the season, which is kind of what extra quarterbacks and extra tight ends do. I don't care if my team sucks for 16 weeks. I could finish last for 16 weeks. That one week, right? That one week when Matthew Stafford throws five touchdowns and three of them go to Tyler Higby, I would like to win, <laughs> right? I want to win when that happens. You, know, you, can, you can talk about other things, but the easiest way to leverage yourself off of 200, like, this is not a 400-person best ball final. This is not a 100-person best ball final. This is a two quarter of a million teams. You have to beat a quarter of a million teams. So I think it's important to keep that in uh, mind when we are thinking about uh, you know, who to draft for sure, but like positionally how to draft in what situations uh, to, to target. I didn't take uh, Bob Tunyon. I'll be honest with you. I got distracted, but that's who I should have. That's who I should have take taken. Um, do, do, do. Yeah, the, uh, big on Kincaid, so is the entire industry. That's definitely not true. Um, yes, Rob, we went with the living room setup uh, because the office is broken. Who's the last QB you go uh, one QB with? Uh, Howell. Um, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to really take. Like we mentioned Stafford, but like I don't even know if I'll ever have a one QB Stafford team in this whole in this whole thing. So it's a tough. It's a tough example because the the player does have to have a requisite number, like amount of weekly ceiling, in my opinion. Um, and I'm not sure that he that he does, but you know, there's nuance. There is nuance to that. Um, <laughs> some funny comments that I can't read all of them. Love two two last round. Uh, Zach says all of his weekly winners are with week thirteen by. I love that. <laughs> McVeigh calls two two big boy. Uh, so that is that's something. That's something. Um, do 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 
do, do, do. And my uh, stream yard is being incredibly slow now. So we're going to wrap. I really appreciate you guys sticking with me. I'll post the team in the comments so that everybody can kind of see it as well. Since you guys just, we just had a fun chat really while I drafted a team. <laughs> appreciate you guys for uh, hanging out a ton of fun. And we're going to be, once I get all this shit straightened out, get my office fixed, <laughs> get my dog unsick, all that fun stuff. We will uh, make sure to do a bunch more of these. Cause I really love this weekly winners format but for now. I'm out of here. Peace. Good luck, Rob, in the World Series of Poker main event, I guess, maybe. See ya. Those were some spicy takes. Want to stay up to date with all... Those were some spicy takes. Want to stay up to date with all of the other spicy takes we're going to have over here at Spike Week? Why don't you press that subscribe button below? You turn notifications on, we draft a team, boom, you know about it. We have another spicy take, boom, you know about it. You can be there. You can draft with us. You want to stay up to date? That's how you do it. All right, we'll catch you later next time here at